0: Welcome to the lucky 13th episode of Touring the Multiverse. This is the first limited series of the It's a Movement podcast where I, Dave, lead you... And Adam. ...on a tour of one of the published campaign settings for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Over the course of this series on Eberron, I'll be breaking down history, lore, settings, populaces, adventures, and player options.
1: Well, I give some shit to Dave.
0: He's not wrong. Uh, today, we're going to cover the other parts of Sharon that we didn't get to last week... So climb aboard the lightning rail and join me as we look into the steampunky world of High Adventure as presented in Eberron, Rising from the Last War. Last episode, we broke down the Central Plateau and Dura. Today, we're going to do the other three. Uh, and let's just hop right into it. So the first one we're going to start with today is the Memphis Plateau. Okay, this was the other area kind of in the center of the
1: ring. Memphis? Memphis. Does it smell minty here? No. It should.
0: No. Uh, so Memphis is the hub of the entertainment industry in Sharn. Uh, it is also the home to Braylon's largest university, which is... Do you know this? No. Morgrave University. Oh,
1: you mentioned this once before, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is a very diverse quarter. Uh, In Upper Memphis, this is where you're going to find the finest theaters. It is also the home to many shops that deal in, like, fine food, fashion, and exotic goods. There's a district here called the Seventh Tower. Uh, It's where you're going to find a lot of your antique shops, uh, items and trinkets from distant lands and stuff like that. Uh, there's also a section in the seventh tower called Little Zendric. All right, this is where you're going to find...
1: Because um, cool. so Zendric is full of giants, so this just has medium-sized humanoids walking around?
0: Uh, I mean, it does, but that's not why. So in Little Zendric, you're going to find a couple of little stores, one of which is called Cloud Antiques. They specialized in giant artifacts. There's another a shop called the Mechdol Gallery. They deal in ancient elven and drow goods. There's Windows on Yesterday, which looks for items with historical significance, and Echoes of the Past deal in magic items with practical uses. These are all in Little Zendrick, which is in the district of the Seventh Tower in Upper Memphis. Um, there is also a gnome district here called Danias Den- Denias? That's a D E N apostrophe, I Y A S. Going here, you'll get a good glimpse into the culture that you would find in Zilargo. Like I said, sorry, <clears throat> Zilargo. Zilargo. It's gnomish, right? Like it's it's for the gnomes, by the gnomes. The businesses here specialize in alchemy, illusions, and divination. Yeah, okay.
1: this makes sense. It's known of Manland.
0: Yes, it is. This is also where you're going to find Glamour Weave tailors. Like the finest Glamour Weave products around. Okay?
1: It drives me nuts that it's not called Glamour Weave.
0: I know. It throws me for a loop every time. Maybe it is and we're just doing it wrong. No. But I don't think it is. No. Uh, And, of course, in Upper Memphis is the University District, which, like I said, is the site of Morgrave University. Uh, It is known for its study of Zendric and the Dakan Empire, which was the old-timey goblin empire. Uh, They have a large collection of artifacts, and it was founded by Lord Lareth Ear Morgrave, again with the I-R apostrophe.
1: It's nice that it wasn't an ear wine-arm, though.
0: The next word down, Middle Memphis, is the most diverse Ward in Sharn. There's the little plains district. Guess who's there?
1: Um uh, very, very small single-seater jet engines.
0: Uh close. Uh, it's halflings from the Talanta Plains.
1: Okay. Not wholelings.
0: No, 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 not even
1: close. Not even three-quarterlings. No, not even.
0: Uh you also have the Cassan Bridge. This is where orcs and half orcs from the Shadow Marches are. You have the Warden Towers, which is where you're gonna find the immigrants from the Lazar principalities. There's the Smoky Towers. Which is a Siren community. Uh, and then, of course, there's the Everbright district, which is where you're going to find mage rights and magical items.
1: Sure. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that when I'm going to DM in here, the Everbright district is going to be called that because there are ever-burning lanterns everywhere and it's lit up and it glows. And, and these ones work. And these ones work.
0: Yep. yep. But uh, those are you know, some of the, the districts you're going to find in Middle Memphis. Lower Memphis is very crowded and where you're going to find a lot of cheap entertainment. There's a district there called Firelight. It's full of sketchy taverns, street performers. Uh, it's the home to theaters, gambling halls, and brothels.
1: You're going to find Arcane Tricksters here. You're going to find Terry here. Yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, there's also a district called Torchfire. Fire. This is notorious for having cheap entertainment and dangerous alleys. This is where Batman's parents were killed.
1: Okay, alright, 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 alright. Right.
0: Probably. Torch Fire is known for its musical comedy and also its lowbrow humor. And if you're an... Am- so they're listening to
1: this podcast there. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, this is also somewhere where amateur performers are going to... Kind of get their first taste of being able to get up on stage and perform. Now, there's another place in Lower Memphis called the burning ring it is not what you think it is this is not the day after taco bell this is a fight club that has like amateur gladiators uh it is very much illegal so it moves around the ward it's not in one place it's kind of a traveling fight club uh the combatants are normally unarmored and it's sometimes fatal but they often like it's more common that they do not fight to the death uh, a couple other places in the Memphis Plateau that are of, that are worth mentioning. Uh, there's the Kavish Theater. This was built by and for gnomes. Okay? It has seats for small creatures. If you're a big hulking half-orc, you're probably not going here. Uh, and its shows feature a lot of different illusions. Like I said, by gnomes, for gnomes. Uh, this is in Denias in Upper Memphis. There's also the Stargazer Theater. This is an open-air theater that has family appeal. This is where you're going to go get your family shows and stuff like that. This is in the University District of Upper Memphis.
1: They have, like, laser shows and shit?
0: Most laser shows I have been to have not been family-friendly. That's true. Yes. That's it, true. It smells of...
1: Stinking cloud. Yes. Someone cast stinking cloud at the laser shows. Yeah, normally. Yeah.
0: Normally, yeah. Uh, there is also a theater uh, called Ten Torches. This is the cheapest theater in Sharn. It is home to very much lowbrow comedy, and it hosts bizarre shows that no respectable theater would show.
1: This is where you're going to get your griffin shows. Is that like a... It's like a donkey show, but with griffins. Okay.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It's a lot more claw. Huh. You're giving me something to think about. Oh, please, please don't. Weird. All right. Ten Torches is in Torchfire, which is in
1: Lower Memphis. Any other questions about Memphis? Uh, it sounds like this is where you're going to spend your money. When you go out for a night on the town, whether it's shopping or it is um, going to catch a show, you're heading to, to Memphis.
0: Yeah, this is the entertainment industry, or er, quarter. The next quarter we're going to talk about is North Edge, or as I like to call, North Edge. Uh, this is the residential quarter. It's the quietest, and it's the home to, like, top quality real estate upper north edge is a good place for nobles that don't really want the the busyness and the the bustle and hustle of the upper central ward there are a couple of different districts here Uh, crystal bridge and oak towers they are different districts but i mean they're both full of spire topped manors grand estates there's rooftop gardens and parks and stuff um, which are really cool i used to live in a place that had a rooftop garden uh, I moved in there, and it was it was like a thirty story building, and they're like rooftop garden. I was like, that's really cool. And then we tried to go up to the top floor to get to the rooftop garden. It was on the third floor.
1: Oh, it was one of those ones that has like the wider base and then the tower that goes up the middle.
0: Yeah, it was a little yeah. it was a little chapped, but I could go down there, and they had like fresh herbs and stuff, so you could go and like pick rosemary and. For your laser shows? Uh, no, no, no. Like, like legitimately, you can oh, go down okay. and get, like, rosemary and stuff out of the garden. Oh, that's cool. On the rooftop and go upstairs and cook with it. They had a barbecue that was chained up you could use. and Like, it was It was cool. It was great.
1: Yeah, you're, so you're digging this area. This sounds like it's the nicer part of town.
0: It's the it's the upper middle class part of town. Yeah. That okay. is residential.
1: Okay. This is Sharn's version of the Burbs. Essentially.
0: One of the other districts that's worth mentioning here in Upper North Edge is Shy. Lias, obviously this is the elven community of course yeah or mostly elven anyways uh it it hosts the culture and traditions of arenal there is a site here called gates of passage this is where you're going to find the embassy from arenal
1: i wonder if you would have someone from the undying court
0: there is a temple of the undying court here and it is believed that an ancient undead elf lives there cool all right his name is jeff jeff jeffy uh, in Shy you're also going to find the Veil of Flesh. This is somewhere where you're going to go to get uh, tattoos oh. that have like Discipline. art from Aeronal. Uh, and they will also weave temporary tattoos into your skin. I like this idea for infiltrating Dragon Mark houses.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, that's neat. I mean, the Dragon Marks are. Not really tattoos. They're kind of yeah.
0: However, you you, you you might be able to pass. It. You can make this work. You yeah. could get into um, the Aberrant Dragonmark House, Sars Tarkannon. Yeah, right. Like you like there's stuff you could do here, right? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it opens up a lot just knowing that that's a thing. Middle North Edge is very much middle class and is mostly dwarven. Of course, the elves have to be one step higher than the dwarves. Oh, right,
1: dwarves are shorter, fewer stairs.
0: One of the districts here is called Holdfast. Uh, of course, it is very, very much a Dwarven district, uh, and it has deep roots in Sharn, and no connection to that place that I can't get away from saying.
1: What, what, what's it? Which one, Dave? The
0: Mroerholtz. Yeah. Okay. There is also a district called High Hope. This is the Temple District,
1: uh, and this is so again, where... Again, back to the Dwarves. High Hopes! <laughs> That's two in a row. Two episodes have done
0: that. Uh, get new material. High Hope is where you're going to find the highly devoted priests. You're also going to find temples and stuff in, like, upper central. Sure. Okay? But those priests there aren't necessarily the most devout. This is where you're going to find the most devout.
1: Those guys are in for the profit. They're in for the lifestyle. Uh, Yeah. They're in for the halflings.
0: Now, in High Hope, there's a really cool feature here. Okay? And I really like this one. It's called Daka's Watch. Daka's watch is a 12-foot-high pillar that used to have a statue on it. It does not anymore. Over a 100 years ago, a gnome named Daka climbed up on the pillar and has been shouting advice to passerbys ever since. She is still there. How long ago? Over a 100 years ago. Nice. Daka has not left, okay? She does not claim to be a priest, but it is rumored that she speaks directly with the sovereign host and has been blessed by Bulldry. Her advice has been proven to be very reliable, and she has now become a bit of a tourist attraction. So...
1: We have a street preacher on a pedestal.
0: You have a gnome standing on a 12-foot-high pillar that's been yelling at sensible
1: yeah.
0: sensible advice for over 100 years.
1: Wear comfortable shoes! Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. I love it. Yeah,
0: it's great. Yeah. It's a good little fun little piece, right? Yeah. Uh, lower North Edge is very much... Poverty stricken, however, it's better off than lower Jura. People here don't like trouble and they certainly don't go out of their way to find it.
1: This is your, your lower working class people, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a district here called Long Stairs. Uh, this is a community of dwarves, humans, and half elves. So I told you I'm just going to stick with it.
1: The Corvar. Sorry, everybody.
0: Uh, the neighbors here work together to deal with the local trouble.
1: They've got like a neighborhood watch?
0: Yeah, well, they don't have a Sharn watch. It no. may exist here, but it is wholly, you know, it doesn't work, right? So yeah. they kind of take things into their own hands. There's also a district here called Stoneyard, it is a shifter community. And one of the main features of this district is it has a shrine to the Wardens of the Wood, which, as you know, are the Druid Circle from the Aldine Reaches. Uh, The other noteworthy one here is the North Market. Uh, This is an open market that is aimed at shifters. Okay, this is where you're going to find services that deal with grooming and claw maintenance. And uh, there's lots of influence here from the Aldine Reaches. Now...
1: It sounds like this is where the Incredible Hulk gets his pants fixed.
0: Now, in North Market, there is a place called Fathen's Shrine. This shrine commemorates a miracle um, that exposed a network of were-rats, and it was discovered by a priest of the Silver Flame. Any lycanthrope who enters the shrine is forced to revert to their true form. Followers of the Silver Flame make a pilgrimage here to, to pray and speak to Fathen. Uh, and this area, of course, is not super popular with shifters uh, who live in the North Market district of Lower North Edge. Uh, there is also an establishment called Nightshade. It is an apothecary that deals with exotic herbs and selves. However, it is also a tavern that specializes in lightly poisoned drinks.
1: I freaking love that
0: these drinks are designed to take the the drinker to the edge of death but no further this is where you're gonna find flat liners.
1: no that that that's really cool i feel like there's a bunch of elves
0: this is in shy lias in upper yeah north yeah, edge yeah, yeah. okay there you
1: go.
0: so it's, it's an interesting thing that again you don't really get Flavor wise, anywhere else.
1: I can just picture like a turtle walking around with a first aid kit on its hip, just like checking in on everybody. How are we doing? You enjoying your trip? Everything's fine? Okay, I will be back in five minutes, so if you need anything, you ring this bell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other questions about North Edge or North Edge before we move on?
1: No, I'm fine with North Edge. Yeah,
0: you've got nothing else you want to talk about? Uh, so, tavik's Landing. Okay, that's kind of on the eastern side of the city. This is the entrance to Sharn. The Sharn Watch is very useful here. Visitors from nations that fought against Breland in the last war are usually met with suspicion and hostility here. They're not super welcome, even though this is the entranceway to the city. Aside from the docks and the airship. Yeah, so there's a bit of nationalism in here. Yes. Now, Upper Tavik's Landing is essentially a self-contained city. This is a very unique ward, okay? Uh, It has very restrictive laws. They came up with these restrictive laws because they were afraid uh, of attacks during the last war, okay? Soldiers of House Denith here have full authority to act as law enforcement. And in fact, Denith's elite blade-mark mercenaries maintain checkpoints at the edges of all of the districts in Upper Tavik's Landing.
1: Yeah, look, I I think that makes a lot of sense. With all the espionage and everything else that was going on during the last war, and even now to this day, having a place that's like absolutely... It, like, it's in lockdown. It makes it so espionage going to be really freaking hard. You also have
0: to keep in mind that during the last war, there was a, 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 a terrorist attack that brought down an entire tower. Yeah. Right? Like, these people here are very much on edge. A license is required here to carry weapons, and that costs 5 gold. You also require a license to cast spells here, and that costs 10 gold. And you must specify which spells that you will cast. There are penalties if you do not follow this okay now in sharn in general they're more likely to make you pay a fine than imprison you forever sure uh, or make you perhaps spend uh, a small amount of time doing forced labor or something like that but long prison terms is not something that really happens in sharn it's mostly monetary and it will be according to your economic status
1: oh well that's refreshing
0: Which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, Now, both of these license for spells and for swords or carrying weapons, uh, you can get from the courthouse. Okay? You have to go to a particular area to get this, and I'll talk about that more in a second. Yeah. Uh, And also in Upper Tavik's Landing, inhabitants must dress in a, and I'm quoting here, in a manner that upholds the solemn dignity of this proud ward. Okay? But it doesn't specify what that is. It's open to interpretation. I'm going to assume
1: they're all nudists.
0: I, no, I don't think
1: that's true at all. No? No. Just, just pasties, tassels, and banana hammocks? Sir, do you have a permit for that sword? <laughs> I've cast enlarge.
0: Armor here is very much deemed to be inappropriate attire, unless you are from House Deneath, the Sharn Watch, or the Braillish Military, okay? You can, but... Uh, and unruly behavior in Upper Tavik's Landing will result in a fine of up to five gold pieces and you will be escorted out of the ward. So you can sit there and yell and scream as much as you want in the street. They're going to be like, all right, five gold and get the fuck out. They, yeah. They're not looking for a big problem. Now, there's a district here called the Twelve Pillars. The hold on, hold
1: on. I got, I got to just back up for a second. I assume that a lot of the monsters from Drome are not in this portion of Sharn.
0: Uh, fuck no. Okay. okay, I don't think they would be able to dress in a manner that upholds the solemn dignity of this proud ward.
1: You may get an occasional hag with a glamour on or a uh, hobgoblin, right, in appropriate ceremonial armor or something, but for the most part... Not armor. Absolutely. Oh yeah, right, not armor. Yep. Well, still, hobgoblins have like ceremonial dress and shit. Sure. It, it,
0: it's not impossible...
1: It's highly unlikely. Like it yeah, I'm picturing a, an Ettin in a tuxedo now, and I'm enjoying the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: one of the districts in Upper Tavok's Landing is called the Twelve Pillars. The Twelve Pillars surround the courthouse, and this is where you go to get your licenses.
1: Um, now, the I'm assuming the Twelve Pillars is a reference to the Twelve that runs the Dragonmark Houses.
0: It doesn't specifically say.
1: But I would I'm going to draw that parallel because they're the ones that run a lot of the rules and whatnot for the houses, and and it feels like if House Deneath has such a strong presence here that this might be their headquarters. We haven't heard anything about them anywhere else in Sharn.
0: So you got to keep in mind that House Deneath isn't necessarily headquartered in Sharn, and they may just send...
1: Oh, I know they're not headquartered in Sharn, but the fact that they've got a strong presence here, and there's like a lockdown and whatnot, I feel like this would be a good place for the houses themselves... Separate from the nobility, the Dragonmark houses feel safe here.
0: Everybody feels safe here. That's the whole point of this area, right? Like, this is probably second to the upper central.
1: As far as, as security goes.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even upper north edge is high class. Like, that's where a lot of nobles yeah. and stuff live. But this is a different beast to itself. Uh, anyways, the 12 Pillars District, the courthouse here, um, they supply the licenses for weapons and spellcasting. The clerks that... Issue the licenses, get to decide whether or not it's okay for you to. There's no you just show up and buy it and leave again. You have to explain yourself. You have to give reasons. You have to tell them which spells you're going to cast. Like, it's more in-depth than
1: that. There's some bureaucracy. You're filling out forms.
0: They could tell you no. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's also a district up here called Silvergate. This is a shopping district for rich people, somewhere where you're going to find fine jewelry and expensive clothing, and, uh, I mean, food and lodging for aristocrats. Stuff like that. Middle Tavik's Landing is very much welcoming to adventurers and travelers. Uh, It features a lot of taverns and inns, and House Jorasco has a large house of healing here. One of the districts here is called Death's Gate. It caters to adventures, uh, and it is home to the Death's Gate Guild. Now, they have a dark reputation, and they openly fight with the Clifftop Adventures Guild. House Denith has a recruiting station in this district.
1: That makes sense. They're all about mercenaries and shit, right? So Exactly.
0: Uh, the next district I wanted to cover is called Greystone. All right. This is just full of Carnathi culture. This is where Carns can enjoy food and drink from the homeland. Uh, and it's a haven for Carnathi soldiers that are looking to avoid the aggression that they find from the Brailish military in town. Uh, This is also a place where you're going to find people from the blood of Vol openly practicing their bloodletting rituals and stuff, okay? So the last district I wanted to talk about in middle Tavik's Landing is Tavik's Market. It's right in the name. The only other thing of note about this district uh, is that it is right above a district called Terminus, which is in lower Tavik's Landing.
1: And that's where they eat people.
0: That's where the lightning rail comes in.
1: Oh, is not Walking Dead Terminus? No. Okay.
0: No. Uh, but that brings us to Lower Tavok's Landing. And, of course, this is where both of the land routes to Sharn end. Uh, like I just said, the lightning rail ends here uh, in the district of Terminus. But if you arrive by road, it brings you to Rowan's Gate. Rowan was the king of... Mr. brayland when the last war started
1: right okay. okay not mr Bean.
0: uh from here you have to travel through black arch which is a heavily fortified district that was designed to withstand a like full-on siege Okay, Okay. so this is this is the heavily fortified entrance to the city. Uh, There is also a district here called Dragon Eyes. This is a maze of taverns, inns and brothels. And this is a changeling community. And of course, a district called High Walls, which is filled beyond capacity with refugees from Sire. Uh, It was designed to be a fortress prison if needed.
1: So hold on a sec. Changeling brothels? Yeah. They've got to be fucking popular.
0: Yeah, you'd imagine.
1: Holy shit.
0: And you don't even have to get that far into the city to find it, right?
1: Yikes. It's like that scene in X-Men 2 where Mystique visits Wolverine and just keeps flipping who she's looking like the whole time.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yep. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Calm down. Uh No. Okay. No, I will not.
0: All right. Uh, there are a couple other noteworthy locations in Tavoks Landing. There are the Three Towers. This is a fortress of House Deneth. Sure. Okay. Uh, Tower 1 is a garrison for the Blademark mercenaries. Tower 2 is dedicated to house business and training. And Tower 3 is a private mansion for the Deneth heirs. Uh, this is located in the Copper Arch district of Upper Tavoks Landing. There's also the Cornerstone This is a massive arena for sporting events, and it is in the district of Cornerstone in Middle Tavik's Landing. Like I said, in the Sharn chapter of the book, there are some descriptions of different sports they play here.
1: So, hold on. You can really see, we we talked about the Dragonmark houses for a couple of episodes, but you can see what the priorities are based on the three different towers here. Each house itself holds the Dragonmark heirs, As well as their very important guild. And by the way, everybody else equally, right? Like, and there's fewer or that like there's fewer heirs, but they get a whole tower, right? And there's even more guild members, but they're special and they get a whole tower. And everyone else is just, you know, employees. Yep. Okay. Mm, Makes sense. I, I assume that it's kind of a similar attitude towards the breakdown within each one of the houses as well.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. The only other notable location in Tavik Landing I want to talk about was is a place called Chance. This is a legendary gambling hall. It is known for being able to take unusual wagers. okay now I, I like that Now that's, I that's, I have made some it, weird like prop bets for the Super Bowl and stuff like that, but I feel like this gets weirder than that.
1: Oh yeah 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 this this gets there's red and R.
0: Uh, I mean it could, but doesn't necessarily have to. I'm still worked
1: up from the brothels.
0: Well, this is also in Dragon Eyes of Lower Tavik's Landing. So, I mean, maybe. Okay. Friggin' weirdo. Uh, And that's, that's what I got on the different quarters and wards and districts. Let me tell you, there are so many more districts and locations and stuff in this book that I didn't even have a chance to look at. I mean, I spent two episodes going through these, and there's still so much more. I've just scratched the surface just to try to give you a little bit of flavor and the diverseness of these different wards. However, there are a couple of other notable locations that we referenced at the beginning of the first episode. Uh, The first one, of course, is Skyway. This is uh, the floating district on top of everything else. It is not connected at all to the rest of Sharn. There are no lifts, elevators, bridges, or anything. If you want to get to or from Skyway, you must take Skycoach, or have a flying mount. This area is obviously above, but it's located between the Central Plateau and the Memphis Plateau. And it's built on an island of solidified cloud. Cool. This is home to the wealthiest people of Corvair. Dragonmarked heirs uh, and rich criminals live here amongst the nobles, but the nobles are very much the higher class.
1: For these guys, life is a skyway. <sighs> They're going to ride it all night long?
0: Um, Yeah. Uh, the next place I want to talk about was called Cliffside. This is the docks and waterfront region. This is underneath Precarious, which we talked about as part of Lower Dura. Um, this is where the you know the sky docks are up there. Uh, everything that goes on with ships happens here. You need to hire people to man your ship. You need to fix your ship. You need to unload your ship. It all happens here. Watercraft,
1: not airships.
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it has a high crime rate, even though the watch is here. The, it's the, the dots, Sharn watch, right? It's like it's gonna happen. Yep. There's also a large presence of Shawajan. and uh, they sell their services to be guides to Zendrick and other places. Okay. Uh, they don't like to fight as much as I think they have a knack for. Typically, next we've got the Cogs. Uh, these are this area is deep beneath Sharn. It is below Old Sharn and the sewers. House Kenith helped Brayland set up foundries down here. Uh, and the lava from the Plain of Furnia can be found, like the lava pools seep up into the, the cogs. Uh, it is rumored that House Knith does all of their weird experimenting down here, because it's home to a lot of uh, war-forged laborers, and also has the largest war-forged population. Uh, the next one we're going to get to is the City of the Dead, uh, this is kind of the northeast outside of the city.
1: Not the Arenal City of the Dead.
0: Correct. Uh, this is a series of crypts that are embedded in a cliff face. Now, only the wealthy are entombed in this giant necropolis. The, the common folk are just cremated. That's it. Period. Many faiths have a presence here, but not anybody really
1: lives here. You say it's in a cliff face, like there. <laughs> it's a vertical graveyard.
0: No, no, no. There is a cliff face yeah. that has an entrance... To go into the mountain.
1: Oh, into the crypts. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: It is rumored that there is a lich priest named Gath who steals children and forces them to polish the bones of his skeleton subjects that live in the City of the Dead.
1: That's not the kind of bone I was expecting the priest to get children to polish, but okay.
0: That's messed up. This this guy kind of actually reminded me of like a more skeletony nanny poo-poo. Yeah. All
1: right. Cool. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: like it's very much a f- child's tale that parents tell them to scare them kind of thing
1: yeah you also get the uh daughters of Sorakel are also and Sorakel herself these are other tales that that people tell their children to scare them yeah that's right in the book as well uh these poor children in Eberron
0: Eberron's a messed up place man Yeah. Yeah. yeah the next location is uh old Sharn now Sharn was built on an older city which was built upon goblin ruins so you've got current Sharn yeah. in all of its glory, built upon Old Sharn, which is built upon ruins from the Dakhan Empire. The Old City was destroyed by Halas Tarkanan,
1: sure. of
0: House Tarkanan, and Lady of the Plague. And they used dark magic down here.
1: Lady of the Plague? Yes. Cool. Uh,
0: now, their vile power still lingers here. So, when King Galifar the First, who founded Galifar, you know, 998 Years ago or whatever it was. Uh, He had all of the passages down here sealed and it is now illegal to adventure here. I'm talking like there are metal grates that cover this up and there are warding magic that keep the shit inside. This is sealed up. You
1: do not go in here. This is bad place. Yeah. So does it get into who Lady of the Plague is? It's the first time I've heard this name. I
0: did not see anything. All I found was just the Halas Turkannon and Lady of the Plague worked together to use their dark magic to fuck shit up. I suppose now I will cover the section called the sewers. Now, this is under Sharn, and uh, essentially what happens is Upper Sharn, not the Upper Wards, but Sharn itself, uses chutes to funnel garbage and waste down to this area, okay? It is then channeled into caverns where it's devoured by vermin and oozes and other things that live off of this crap, literally. Now, some wastewater is then purified by mage rites, and there's also a subculture that has evolved down here that scavenges and resells goods in the lower city. The clans in the sewers often fight with each other. So... This area is more on par with Old Sharn. It's not necessarily above or below, but it's areas underneath the city that, like, Old Sharn is probably... It doesn't say this specifically, but probably under Dura, which is the oldest quarter.
1: Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Uh,
0: So you're not necessarily going to have the sewers everywhere down there as well. So there's a lot of mixing and matching of elevation of places underneath the city, if you know what I'm saying. Now, another district I want to talk about was called fallen all right and this is in lower dura we already talked about this a little bit before okay it was once known as god's gate and was the original temple district early in the last war a brought down uh, a floating tower and this tower came crashing down in god's gate killing swaths of people the city council didn't really want to spend the money to fix up anywhere in dura like it's not They don't care about it, right? Yeah. So instead, they just abandoned the district altogether. It is now covered in rubble and collapsed buildings. So like when this tower came down, it took other towers with it. So there's just rubble everywhere. It is now inhabited by ravers, which are feral savages that, you know, lurk in the shadows. And they are rumored to be a House Vidalis mage-bred super soldier gone wrong. And that's all I found out about them, the ravers. There is no force of law in Fallen, and it's a haven for cults and secret societies. This is where the cults of the dragon below are going to do their shit, right? There's stuff that they're not going to openly practice. This is where they're going to do
1: it. So I looked it up. The Lady of Plagues. Who, who is the guy from House of Halas Tarkanan? It's his wife, who was dragon-marked, but nobody knows where the dragon mark came from.
0: Well, Tarkanan is an aberrant dragon mark house.
1: Yeah, and so she's got... But no, she has an unspecified true dragon mark. And there seems to be some confusion about which dragon mark it is. But it's not an aberrant. And the two of them were taken out in a previous war.
0: Yeah, because First, a a thousand years ago, yeah. covered up old charn.
1: Yeah, and so um, she actually apparently has a tomb down there. And there, it's a source of great evil. But there's nothing really else published. This is from previous editions. I just looked it up. So okay. there's there's nothing else about Lady of Plagues at all. And as far as ravers go, nothing I can find. There are all sorts of people on Reddit that are like, what what are these ravers? And nobody's got any answer. It just sounds like there's some really good uh, opportunities for DMs to make some shit up.
0: Eberron is just chock full of that. They give you just enough to let you sink your teeth into it, but do your own thing.
1: Yeah, I'm myself going to use flesh golems for ravers, because I think that makes a certain amount of sense. House Vidalis and whatnot.
0: Sure. I mean, each one can be different, because they're mage-bred, right? Like, yeah. they're not a standard race. Uh Then underneath the cogs is Kyber's Gate. It's right in the name. Kyber. It's the under... The equivalent of Underdark, right? Uh, Now, this area is a maze of tunnels. Dask is the closest thing to law enforcement down here, and the leader of Dask can be found in Kyber's Gate.
1: Okay. The criminal organization, Dask.
0: Yes. Uh, Residents of Kyber's Gate include creatures from Drome and mainly goblins, and it is where the ruins of that ancient goblin city are. Uh, Adventurers are not very welcome in this area. However, there is a tavern called Shamuka-ar... And this is a safe haven for all who enter. If you walk in through the doors of this place, you are safe. Period.
1: Yeah, good. I'm glad there's a little bastion of sanity here.
0: Yeah, it's a John Wick-style hotel, right? Uh, and that's what I got for the areas in Charn.
1: That's a lot. And and we have not covered all of it by damn sight, right? Like, there are tons and tons and tons of tables and districts and bits and pieces. Shops here and, and details there and... Um, oh
0: yeah, like even in the last episode I talked about the criminal organizations, there's tables for the different kind of contacts you're going to have in each of the organizations So I'm glad that we're
1: touching on all of these, but like like you said a moment ago, Eberron gives you just enough of a taste so you can go make up your own shit. Yep. We're giving you enough of a taste of Sharn so that you know where to look in the book and, and kind of what direction your own campaign can go into, but there is more reading to be done in each of these sections.
0: Oh, big time. Because the section on Sharn is... 30 pages long. And let me tell you, when I prep, I go through this stuff kind of chapter by chapter, and this 30 pages took me like almost 10 hours to go through. Yeah, it's a dense book.
1: No other D&D book is this dense with ideas and info.
0: Yeah, it is well, well fleshed out. So the last time we did the criminal organizations, now I just want to touch briefly on the forces of law as they're called in the book. Uh, there's the Sharn Watch. We've talked about them. You know what they are. They enforce the law. They're riddled with corruption. Now, there are guards that exist who want to do good, but it's pretty much overshadowed by the corruption. It's Gotham. Uh, bribery is abundant. It's Gotham right? police. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But once you get up into the upper wards, they're probably going to buckle down a little bit harder, right? But they'll let things slide down in the lower, the lower wards, right? Yeah. If they have a presence there. Uh, now the other main force in, in Sharn is the King's Citadel. These are agents of the Braylish Crown. They are above and can command the Sharn Watch. These guys are not worried about petty crime. Okay? They don't bust down thieves and pickpockets and stuff like that. They protect Sharn. A major crimes unit, yeah, yeah. They, they deal with spies and like fiends coming up from underneath the city and other external threats, okay. But you gotta keep in mind that the King's Citadel also has outposts all over Brayland, it's not specific to Sharn, it just has a large presence in Sharn. The headquarters for the King's Citadel here are in the Ambassador Tower district of Middle Central, and they don't ask for help, they demand it. If you refuse, that is treason.
1: Oh, well then.
0: Okay, so your adventures, your party, could be walking down the street. If a member of the King's Citadel says, I need you to come over here and help me hunt down this guy, you have to. If you don't, there will be penalties. Okay? I like it. Yeah,
1: that's cool.
0: The King's Citadel is divided into four different sections. Okay, there's the King's Dark Lanterns, uh, who deal with intelligence and covert ops, stuff yeah. like that. There's the King's Shield, that protect the royal family and friends.
1: Sure, Secret Service.
0: There's the King's Swords, who are the elite soldiers. And there's the King's Wands, who are wizards and sorcerers that serve the king in everything relating to magic. The other force of law in Sharn is called the Red Cloak Battalion. Now, these are the deadliest warriors in Sharn. The Red Cloak Battalion was at the front of the lines during the last war, and when it ended, they kind of just got split up into different sections and sent all over, and they're, they have a large presence here in Sharn, and they don't really like it, okay? They want to be out fighting wars. They don't want to be in Sharn. Uh, they're used by the Sharn Watch and the King's Citadel for when they need extreme military force. This is your SWAT team.
1: Sure. Okay? Yeah, these are your Marines. Uh,
0: they have a strong rivalry with the King's Sword. Okay. Of yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they absolutely very much dislike their current place in law enforcement.
1: I feel like they would really love to go meet up with the Valinar Elves and their warbands just to see who can take who.
0: They absolutely hate travelers from other nations. So, yeah, probably. Cool. All right. Uh, And that's the forces of law. Now, there are three other little organizations, I guess, four other organizations that I want to just touch on real quickly uh, before we move on to the, the monster you got this week for us. The first one is called the Circle of Song. This is a place for Bards to exchange news, stories, and songs. Uh, It is an informal organization, but if you take from it, you are expected to give back. Uh, Members, help each other and expect help in return. That doesn't necessarily mean gold.
1: No, of course. You could be trading stories through both colleges of
0: lore. You could be playing a song and listening to nobles and then get the information from them and then do the same thing for them later. Like,
1: yeah.
0: you can help each other out. Uh, now, there are many outposts of the Circle of Song all throughout Sharn um, and are present also in most other cities as well. This organization is centuries old and they usually meet in secret areas of inns and taverns. Uh, however, combat and violence are forbidden in an outposts and if you do partake, you are expelled from the Order permanently.
1: Okay, that makes sense. But, yeah, don't start a fight in the drum circle.
0: I like that they actually gave bards something here.
1: Yeah, bards get kind of the short end of the staff. Uh,
0: the next organization I want to talk about is the Esoteric Order of Orion, who is the big granddaddy of the Sovereign Host. Members of the Esoteric Order of Orion vow to preserve and advance civilization and always operate within the confines of law. They helped Galifar the I maintain law, and they are an arcane order. Okay, Their specialty is abjuration, divination, and evocation, and they're very much welcoming to wizards and artificers. However, warlocks are rarely accepted, and sorcerers need to prove that they understand arcane theory in order to get in.
1: Okay, yeah, this is where intelligence stats matter.
0: Yes. Uh, this The Esoteric Order of Orion is located in Clifftop in Upper Dura. Uh, the next one is the Guild of Starlight and Shadows. This is the other arcane order in Breland. They encourage independence and innovation, and their specialty is conjuration, enchantment, and illusion. Warlocks are very welcome here, especially those that are loyal to the Archfey. Uh, They are looked down upon by the Esoteric Order of Orion, uh, and they are located in Death's Gate in Middle Tavik's Landing. Now, you'll notice that for the guild of Starlight and Shadows, I said it was the Other, implying there were two.
1: There are not. There is a third. Well, yeah, you didn't hit all of the different schools of magic.
0: There is the closed circle. This is the last one. It is the now defunct third arcane order that was started about 300 years ago. It was wiped out about 200 years ago by the Church of the Silver Flame, who joined up with the other two arcane orders, which are the Guilds of Starlight and Shadow and the Esoteric Order of Orion, to get rid of... Of this closed circle. They specialized in transmutation and necromancy. And they dabbled with the lore of Delkir and the dragon below. Uh, and they are rumored to still have vengeful liches and wizards in hiding throughout Sharn.
1: This is really cool because Eberron really seems to link the idea of transmutation with evil. We're getting that over and over and over again. The weird people that are that are playing with, with the way that life works. There's symbiont items that you can attune to that you can never get rid of you can become an ooze you can have tentacle whips you can have like all sorts of crazy shit um and I, it's cool because we don't we don't get that flavor anywhere else in D. that transmutation is inherently evil
0: yeah it's a weird one and i, I like it
1: yeah, yeah. It, it really fits i like the flavor of that
0: that is the end of what i have on sharn
1: excellent let's grab dice and let's talk about what we would steal for our own personal campaigns, or we would use... We would highlight in our own Eberron campaign. I got a nine? I got
0: double that. Um, All of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It It, it is extremely difficult for me to just take one aspect of this. Uh, it all is very interesting to me. I like... How there are so many different districts here. You could make a campaign and not leave a certain district for, you know, levels of progression at a time. You could go down into areas of the city. You can uncover things that you normally wouldn't find in other places. Like, this really gives you your foothold into where you might find the Delkir that isn't the Mroarholds. Fuck, I said it again. <laughs> right? Like, there, there is so much here. Everything is here. And... It is so well fleshed out without making you beholden to its ideas, right? Like, there's there's not just one thing I want to take from this. I want to take all of this, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right. My, my big thing that I, I'm always, always, always in all of my homebrew settings now, I'm going to have a place of evil that is illegal to go to. That's such a really cool concept that I've never seen anywhere before. Like, oh, hey, there's evil over here. We just don't go there. It's forbidden by the religious order in the area. But people are there all the time and shit, right? Like, I like the idea of, no, no, no. We closed this shit. It's in lockdown. Once you pass through this area, you're not welcome back. And if you come back, we will put you in fucking chains. That's really cool.
0: Normally when you see a forbidden area, it's like, okay, well, we're going to end up there.
1: Yeah, but when there's an illegal area, it, it, it... almost holds more more weight, more gravitas to it. So I really like that. Anyway, are we ready? I, can I move on to my my monster of yeah, the week? Do it. Okay, cool. Now we started off with Overlords. We've gone through Undying and whatnot, but we keep talking about Delkir and I, I just I need to bring up one of my favorites and it's it's Dern the Corrupter. It's D-Y-R-R-N. So the Delkir are kind of where all of the aberrations come from. These are the Lords of Madness. They're absolutely fucking crazy.
0: And the Lords of the Underworld.
1: So the Delkir, um there are actually six of them. There's Belashira, Avash, Curzon. Remember Jed was trying to get us to become an ooze like Curzon?
0: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what why a, I'm saying that guy's a little off. What a dick. Uh Orlask, Valara, and Dern. They are known for for spawning Beholders, Doppelgangers, Lycanthropes, and Mind Flayers specifically. The Mind Flayers are Dern's territory. Here's the crazy thing about Mind Flayers in Eberron, as far as anything I can find. In Threaten Realms, they use the Elder Brain as kind of the central hub of their hive mind. Dern is the hub now. There are no Elder Brains. It all goes through him. Okay. He is the cornerstone of everything that the Mind Flayers know and psychically sense and everything else. He's known as the Corrupter, the Stealer of Thoughts, the slithering Lord, and the Foul Labyrinth. In the lore of the Gatekeepers, it's said that Dern plants thoughts in the weak-minded, the seeds of terrible ideas that fester and grow. Those who are particularly brilliant also get his attention as well. And then they get corrupted by... And there's almost like a hunger that consumes their unique and brilliant minds. So he is really all about crazy madness. He's the one that corrupted the goblins and hobgoblins to make Dolgaunts mm-hmm. and Dolgrims. Remember I talked about Dolgaunts a while back? Yep. So, um, he's also the prolific creator of Symbionts. So these are the treasures that tempt people to bind alien entities to their flesh.
0: Yeah, we went over these in the holds episode.
1: Yeah, and Jed gets a weird amount of these. So he's got to have some supplier coming up from well, what's it, what's it called Kybert's Gate.
0: Potentially, maybe they're being shipped in from overseas.
1: So Dern's lair touches the Eldian reaches, and the druids of the Towering Wood are always watching for his influence. At the start of the Last War, the dwarves of the Morroholds discovered passages to the Dalkir's realm below their halls, and Dern's cults have spread from there. Mindflayers usually work with the cults. Many of which are obsessed with evolution. So I, I wonder about House Vidalis. They tend to use symbionts and try to become aberrations themselves. Interesting. Those who worship the Stealer of Thoughts believe that Durn will consume all sentient beings except for its servants.
0: I'm also thinking ravers here.
1: Yeah, could be. Yeah. He appears as a tall humanoid male with pale skin clad in a heavy cassock of interwoven black leather that slithers unsettlingly around his form. He can also extend tentacles from its from his body, using them to extract the brains of others. What's a brain bug? Uh, it's like mind flayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This son of a bitch is a CR twenty four. I believe it. So he's chaotic evil. He's got an AC of twenty one, three hundred and twenty five average hit points, speed of forty feet, and fly of forty feet, and he can hover. So he's coming for you.
0: Yep. And there's not much you can do about it.
1: Nope. His lowest stat is Dex, which is a twenty one. That's fucked up. Yep. Yeah. Uh and he's got incredible saving throws for all the mental stats. His skills get bonuses to Arcana, history, insight, and perception. He's resistant to poison and psychic damage. And he's immune to being blinded, charmed, exhausted, frightened, poisoned, or
0: prone. Interesting. So immune to psychic damage. Yeah. That's cool, because you don't often see no, that. Oh,
1: that's unique. That's right.
0: a that's asking for Kalashtar.
1: Yeah, and yeah. he's gonna kick their asses. Yeah. I love it. He gets 120 feet of true sight. Which means you're not screwed like he's going to see right through all of your fucking illusions. Yep. His passive perception is 23. He speaks only deep speech, but he has telepathy out to 120 feet. So, he's got a bunch of different shit. I'm going to try to just just run through these as quickly as possible. He's got alien mind, which means if a creature tries to read his thoughts or deal psychic damage to him, that creature must succeed on a DC-23 intelligence saving throw or be stunned for one minute. You can repeat the save at the end of your turn. He has, of course, three legendary resistances, right? So if he fails a saving throw, he can choose to succeed it instead. Fuck off. I hate that. I love it. I mean, as a DM, I love it. As a player, I hate it. Uh, He gets magic resistance, which means he has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects in the first place. He has regeneration. He regains 20 hit points at the start of his turn. If Dern takes radiant damage, it does not function, um, and he only dies... If his turn starts with zero hit points and he doesn't regenerate. So like Vampire Rules. Okay. He can teleport as a bonus action up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that he can see. Well, fuck. Multi-attack. He gets one tentacle whip attack and he can use his power called Corruption once. He can replace tentacle whip attack with the Extract Brain attack. So he has <laughs> three things. First of all, it's a tentacle whip. Calm down, Terry. it has got a plus 15 to hit, reaches 10 feet. You can only hit one target, but it's 3d10 plus 8 slashing damage. If it's medium or smaller, it's grappled, and the escape DC is 23. You're pulled into an occupied space within 5 feet of him, and you must succeed on an intelligence saving throw or be stunned until the grapple ends. There's no follow-up saves on that. He's got to let go of you. However, he can't use the same tentacle whip on another target until the grapple ends, and he only has two. Instead of that, on his turn he could use Extract Brain, which is again plus 15 to hit, reach 5 feet, that's okay because he already dragged you forward. One incapacitated creature grappled by Dern is the target. 10d10 piercing damage. If this damage reduces the target to zero hit points, Dern kills the target by extracting and devouring its brain. 10d10. That's an average of 55. He is going to eat your party. Yeah. He also has the ability to do corruption on every single round, which is when he targets one creature that he can see within 60 feet The target must succeed on a DC 23, con save, or take 4d6 plus 8 necrotic damage and become corrupted for one minute. Let me tell you what corruption does. A corrupted creature has its flesh twist in alien ways. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls, its speed is reduced by half, and if it tries to cast a spell, it must first succeed on a DC 15 intelligence check or the spell fails and is wasted. The creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect if successful.
0: You know that sounds horrible, but it like mechanically it doesn't sound that
1: bad. Well, it's bad enough when you're doing that plus the tentacle whip plus you're eating people. Well, wait—he has legendary actions. Oh, Jesus, he's get three of them. There's a tentacle whip again. He can do that whenever he wants. Spawn aberration for two actions. Where he regurgitates an intellect devourer. <laughs> Which is fucking gross and awesome. These little brains with legs.
0: Yeah, yeah. we fought those.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yes, you did.
0: I, I went. I killed a shit ton of them too. It
1: was um, fun. The intellect devourer is under his control and acts immediately after him in the initiative order. So he essentially has a intellect devourer pet. He also, for three actions, can use mind blast, which means he magically emits psychic energy in a sixty foot cone. Each creature in that area must succeed on a DC twenty three intelligence save, or take. 5d8 plus 8 psychic damage and be stunned for one minute. And again, you can repeat your throw at the end of each turn. But wait, there's fucking more because he gets lair actions and regional actions as well. Jesus. His lair actions. First of all, his lair is called the Place of Sinew. It is a horrible sight shaped from the leftover flesh and bones of his sculpting. Oh. Which means he is just making it... There's a picture of it where he has crafted a tunnel made of flesh with a giant rib cage all the way around it, made out of bones and shit. That's awesome. The walls of the palace undulate as air flows through them as if the space is breathing. So, while you're within it, on initiative count twenty, Dern can take a layer action to cause one of the following effects.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on, sorry. Breathing layer, giant tunnels made of bone. Is he inside Kyber? Cool.
1: I don't think so, but cool. You know where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, yeah yeah that'd be neat. So He can do one of a couple of things. First, he can just, as a lair action, without using his actions, just use Corruption. Oh, of course. Also, he can make a 30-foot square area within 120 feet of him. sprout Tentacles on initiative count 20 on the next round. Any creature that starts or ends in the area must succeed on a DC 23 strength save or be restrained. A creature can escape the tentacles with an athletics or dexterity check. Which, again, DC 23.
0: This just seems like a beefier Arms of Hadar.
1: Yeah. Which
0: we have nicknamed in my group Tickle Fight.
1: Each creature of Dern's choice, there's another one, each creature of of Dern's choice that he can see within 120 feet must succeed on a Wisdom save. So I think he's got one for everything but Dex at this point. Wisdom saving throw or take 4d12 psychic damage. Unless a target has immunity to psychic damage, its intelligence score is reduced by 1d4 each time it fails this save. Yikes. For this layer action. The target dies if its intelligence score is reduced to zero. The reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest. Additionally, he's got regional effects. So all around the layer itself, plants and animals raised within two miles of the passage have twisted aberrant forms. So you can actually use a Dal'Kir modification table for that. And an example of that is the creature's flesh becomes transparent. It gets extra limbs, becomes bioluminescent. It produces eerie music instead of speech. <laughs> Shit like that. There's ten of them. Also, creatures within one mile of the passage frequently feel as if something is crawling under their skin. And if a humanoid spends at least one hour within one mile of the passage, that creature must succeed on a DC-22 wisdom saving throw or descend into a type of madness that is listed in a table for his own specific kind of madness. Oh. the creature, uh, A creature that succeeds on a saving throw can't be affected uh, by this regional effect for the next 24 hours, but if you wait a day and come back, you'd do it again. If Dern dies, all of these effects fade in 1d10 days. By the way, a couple of entries off of the madness table are I can feel myself evolving into an aberration. Ooh. There's an illithid parasite living in my brain. Part of me has become a conscious entity. And my favorite, Dern and the Mind Flayers simply want to unite all sentient creatures in collective consciousness, and I receive messages from the group mind. So, he straight up drives you crazy, too. This is some Lovecraft-level bullshit right here. I love it. Yeah, me too. And he is one of the two. Bellashira, who's the other one in there, who's statted out. Because there are four more, but they're not statted. Bellashira's statted out. She's all about Beholder shit. Like, he's about Mind player. She's yep. all Beholder. She's got a crown called the Beholder Crown, which shoots fucking eye rays out of it. You don't want to mess with the Delkir. And I feel like these guys are... Hanging around Kyber's Gate somewhere? Or maybe deep in the holds.
0: Yeah, they're around.
1: Yeah, they, and they're like up to shit.
0: They're close to coming out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I absolutely love them. I will steal him as a big bad for any kind of campaign. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode on Sharn, law enforcement, Dern? Nope. Okay, so, this entire series, as well as other series on role-playing games are available on the It's a Mimic feed on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and lots of other podcast apps. So don't forget to follow or subscribe on whatever app you're listening to. Also, check out the entire library of episodes on www.itsamimic.com, and feel free to support us by hitting that donate button.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of It's a Mimic, Touring the Multiverse. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook, or you can find me at the subreddit r slash It's a Mimic. Until next time, I'm Dave.
1: You can also find me there as well on the subreddit, Dave. You're always so fucking self-centered.
0: Grr. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Adam, you ass. And we'll be back with more Eberron information and adventure inspiration next week. But first, let's go find Jed. Cool. Cool, cool, cool.
2: medical kits here. Use medical kits. Lightly rusted but highly trusted. Come on down. Jed will hook you up. Uh, Jed, I'm I'm not 100% certain that's legal. Hey, who gives a shit? It helps you, right? A little bit. Okay. Hey. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, well next time you need a medical kit and you're, you're like, oh, I should have bought one from Jed. Well, you'll think of this moment, won't you?
1: Yeah, I guess. What the... Is this is what you're you're selling now? Is you're just selling used medical kits?
2: Hey, I sell whatever I can get my hands on. Okay. Uh huh. Like babies? Hey, that was like one time for the record, on the record, off the record. Okay, there was more than one time, definitely more than one time. But on the record, one time. That was one time, David. Did that one time last three months? All right. So what are you guys looking for today, huh? Well, what do you got? Anything new? Yeah, I got this uh Belashira's Beholder crown. This thing's pretty fucking neat, hey? It's nice and, uh, fleshy. Like, like, the Belashira? Like the Belashira, yes. Uh, the Belashira. Jeez, Jed, where did you get this? That's, that's fucked up. Hey, don't worry about it. What the, what's the important part about it? The important part is, uh, it's here right now. So, uh, don't worry about it.
0: Okay, what, what does it do? I've only ever heard of one.
2: Hey, well, you know, if you put this thing on your head, alright, it's a little tight, you know, it might uh, take some getting used to, but, uh, hey, sorry, once you put this thing on your head, okay, it's gonna allow you to cast, like, a shit-ton of spells. Uh, Like, for instance, so we got, like, Charm Person, Disintegrate, we're talking about Fear, Finger of Death, that one might be fun, you know? Flesh to Stone, Hold Person, we're talking about Ray of Enfeeblement. Sleep, hey, a lot of people could use that. Slow. And telekinesis, hey, if you could always use that. You know what, Jed,
1: I'm not really interested. That's a whole lot of darkness for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think I want this thing attached to me at all.
2: Hey, good thinking. I guess you already know about how uh, it becomes this little bit permanent there, hey? Well, like
0: I said, I've heard of these, but I've never seen one before. What do you mean
2: they become permanent? Well, you know, if you wear them for too long, you know, you get kind of caught up in all the spells, uh, you know, it kind of becoming used to your head. That's all. It comes on to of you. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, just, uh, yay! Look at this. Look what I got over here. I for- totally forgot to tell you about this crazy thing happened. This morning, I heard a little knock on my dumpster. The lid flips open. Flap, black, This thing's laying on top of me. Okay, I look at it. It's like one of these Dern's tentacle whips. Check this out. Dern? the Dern? like the darn the Cor- durn the corruptor. Dern the what? Yeah, I mean, how many people do you guys know? You've like been around town or something like that. Well, we've done our research very recently
1: on these two. Holy shit, Jed! Like, what? What? What's the what's the matter? Look at this thing. It's is this a stinger on the end of it? What does it? What? Is, okay, what is this? Where did you get this? I how told does this you. Work?
2: I told you, dude. I mean. I was laying in my dumpster, right? Done a little upgrade since then. Added a little layer of uh, grease paint to the inside, you know. To touch it up after Dave came and went. It's a good call. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, it just showed up. I fucking felt it fall on top of me. And by the time that I uh, figured out what was going on, the lid was closed and there was no one to be seen. It just dropped off. But, uh, you know, I do know, I think, a little bit about this stuff. Yeah, what do you know? I know that it's a pain in the ass to fucking attune to it. Apparently it hurts like a bitch when it has to adhere to your skin like it becomes a part of you, you know? Uh, then why would you ever do that? Hey, look, no pain, no gain, okay? But with this, you gain plus two bonus to any attack and damage rolls made with this fucking whip, okay? But attack rolls made against aberrations with this weapon, they definitely have disadvantage. Hey, this thing's fucking nuts. You can get right into somebody's head. Every time that you have a successful hit with this thing, you're going to be dealing an extra 1d6 psychic damage to any motherfucker that gets the crack of this whip. Hey, and get this. When you critically hit, the target is stunned until the next fucking turn. I mean, how good is that? I mean, it's fucking ugly, and the way you're talking about it it doesn't seem so, you know, ideal, but... Aren't aren't everybody going to be able to see you walking around with this... Absolutely not, okay, man? As a bonus action, you can sheathe the whip by causing it to retract into your arm, you know? And then it comes out the same way it went in. That sounds horrifying. That sounds convenient. That sounds
1: tolerable. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure I'm into that shit. I saw how that earworm went into you. I'm not really thrilled about the idea of a four-foot version of that shit with a stinger on the end coming into my arm.
0: That is a good point. I don't think I want any part of this. How much are you trying to get rid of this for?
2: Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, Let me think here. I, uh, I remember hearing about these a few years ago. Oh, jeez. I, I I, fucking like 50,000 gold.
1: Oh, yeah, God. that's that's more than we can afford, Jed. Yeah. but But, buddy, I mean, I got to tell you, these items here. This is black market.
0: Shit, what are you doing holding on to them in the middle of the marketplace? Yeah, you're going to have people coming for you looking for this stuff, man.
2: No way. It's just got my name carved into it. It's totally fine. It was just a uh, present. You know, maybe uh, maybe Frederick finally came around. Maybe it's an apology. Who knows? I wouldn't worry about it. If this is from Frederick, you should not be friends with Frederick. But look, I'm going to take my chances here, all right? Some fucking darn fool's got a thing for tentacles, and uh, then it's gonna be off my hands. No problem. By the time the sun goes down, we're all good. Are you absolutely sure, Jed? Boy, it.
1: Um. Um. Uh, I. I. I, I uh, <coughs> oh, sorry. So. All right. Well. We're gonna go grab lunch. We're gonna let you sit and chill about this and I hope that you get rid of this stuff really quickly, Jed.
2: Hey, like I said, Adam, don't worry about it, fella. It's totally fine. Leave it with your old pal, Jed. I'll get it done, okay? Don't worry. I'll see you soon, alright? Okay. Uh, alright,
0: whatever you say, Jed. Good. Good luck.
2: Hey, you too, Dave. Good luck out there.